of knowing. All right, man. Welcome to Crow 777 Radio. This is episode 312. Jason Lingren is with me, and we have back Alphonse Fagiolo, who's become a bit of a Robin Hood and a legend in his own time. Uh, if you're not familiar with Alphonse, you will be after this episode, and there are, I don't even know, five other episodes where he's been on. I'm guessing it might not be five. Probably isn't five because I'm a bad guesser. Um, but anyhow, welcome, Jason. And a very fine good afternoon. So this all started uh, on Crow Triple Seven Radio, and it's become a whole thing on its own, hasn't it? Yes, indeed, it has, and I'm very, very pleased to see how far it's come in such a short amount of time. All right, let's not waste time. Welcome, Alphonse. Hey guys, what's up? Yeah, man, look what you did. <laughs> you <know>, you <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't. I provided the platform, but I think you may have done this. <laughs> it's it's crazy, man. It's just you know. But the I guess the funny part about it is there was nothing planned out. Like I, I didn't plan any of this stuff, and I keep everything really basic. Even my videos, I keep basic. There's no fancy production going on. It's just let me get the material out because I want to make it less of a hassle for me. Because the less of a hassle it is. The more stuff I can get out, so I don't do like fancy productions, you know. Just get them out. <laughs> so let's let's set the groundwork here for people who haven't caught on yet. This is all about what I'll call legal concerns, which Alphonse will better define. So what's happened here is we started covering ways that people could deal with all kinds of legal nonsense coming in your mail and every other way in, in modern living, even through your text and email, and it blew up. So as we speak, Alphonse has a website, and I'm pointing this out for a very specific reason. Like myself, Alphonse has reached a point where he can't deal with the volume of email. And for those of you who have never woke up to 500 emails in your inbox, which I do regularly, and I'm guessing Alphonse is probably more than that at this point, you can't. If you spend one minute on 500 emails, that's 500 minutes. So having said that, Alphonse's website has a huge user base now that are all helping each other, state-centric, country-centric, Canada, Belgium, all over the world, people who are working out what works in the area they are, whether it's a state here in the United States or whether it's a country. So understand that there is a user base. That's a terrible way to speak about people. And I'm sorry, but people understand a follower base that will help each other. So Alphonse, let's jump in, tell folks where they go and get that all laid down. Yeah. The website's pretty simple. It's I am has sent me to you.com. Just like this, the sentence I am has sent me to you.com on there. There's a forum. Unfortunately, like Crow said, you get bombarded with emails so much that I have very little time to participate in the forum that's on there, but uh, uh, there are documents on there. Like anytime I, I, you know, I generate a new document or something, I put it up in the document section for people to download for free. And the only thing you have to do, you have to sign up for a, a, a membership. It's free, uh, but you gotta you gotta log in to be able to download the documents. But but there's no charge. But you're more apt to find me on the Telegram group, which is Alphonse Fagiola. Uh, and in there, you got about, I think we have about 2,700 people right now. And that seems to grow by like 50 to 75 a day at least. And uh, the cool thing about the group, like Crow said, is uh, it's not just people from the States, people from all over the world, uh, Bulgaria, uh, Northern Ireland, uh, uh, you name it, Canada, UK. And the great thing about that is a lot of people have taken some of the documents that I generated and they've switched them over for their country. So if you jump on there, and asks, a lot of times people will share their document with, with you. So 
my affidavit of status, though it's written for the United States of America, I guarantee there's somebody who's got one for the UK or for Canada or for whatever other country. So get up there and, you know, you can request that. But what I don't want people to do is don't just get the document and use it. Don't be like I call like an Internet idiot where you just download documents off the Internet and use them. Read the document and, and understand what's in the document. And if you don't understand what's in the document, go up on the Telegram group and say, what the heck is Alphonse talking about in number seven? I don't understand that. And someone up there, I'll guarantee, be able to give you an answer. And that's, I mean, that's the way I learn. I, I get documents and I read them. I don't just, I don't use things other people give me because God forbid somebody calls me on it like a judge and I'm going to look like an idiot if I can't explain what's on that document. So, so you know, use it, use that resource uh, sparingly as far as understand that, yeah, the, the people share your documents, their documents with you, but but learn what's in the document. Don't Don't just, you know. Don't just download stuff and, and send it to courts and stuff. You're going to get yourself in trouble with that because you're not going to know what's in the document. But, yeah, it's, it's a great user base. Uh, very helpful. Uh, listen, we, we keep all news stories out of the group. No, no politics. We don't do red versus blue. We could care less. Uh, I don't care about political stuff. I don't want any of that stuff on my site. I don't care about anything except anything related to law that helps a fellow man or woman because people jump up there for remedies. People got all kinds of problems, CPS problems. They got traffic ticket problems, like like that guy Jason Lindgren. He had a problem, and uh, you know, so people have all kinds of problems, and uh, people want remedies. They just need a, a guide, sort of, to, to show. Well, what do I do? How do I handle this? And that's really what the Telegram groups for. So you're more apt to find me in the Telegram group than anywhere else. You know, let's just lay this down. In a lot of ways, for people who have not yet heard of Alphonse Fagiolo, what this is about is when I was young in the '60s. The world was a whole different way. Uh, we were a lot closer to acting like men and women, human beings. And in the time that I've been alive, this creep has happened where now nobody anywhere generates a document that is directing you to do things. That's what so much of this is about. And as Alphonse has so succinctly, so succinctly proven that without the correct basis, who did this? Who had the authority to do this? Do I have any responsibility here? These simple questions, I don't, Alphonse, all the, all the time I've been watching what you're doing, I don't think I've seen anyone fail. Are you aware of anyone failing? Well, it's like, I'm not saying there isn't, but you know how it is, Crow. I mean, I could give, you know, five different people the same thing and three will, three will win and two won't, mm. you know? Uh, and a lot of it has to go with maybe before the person, the judge, they're before, they're before the people they're dealing with. And they're not actual knowledge of what they're doing. Because like I said, the, the sad part is there's a lot of people that do take stuff and they just send it in, like not knowing really what they're sending in. And then when someone throws a curveball at them, they don't know how to react to it. And, and so, I mean, we, we've had a lot of successes. The people that do like what we lay out here. And, and listen, this is not just, I know people think law, oh, that's dry, that's this. This stuff, this stuff actually starts to become fun when you actually do this. When, when you start to learn how, to get them on their chain, that the attorneys, because that's who's always coming at you, the attorney, to put them on their dog chain and they'll lead them around. It actually becomes really fun because really it, a lot of what we're doing, it's yes, it's law, but it's actually based on their system as far as like commerce and making claims and supporting them with affidavits. And what we do is we go after their, their listen, if you've got an opponent, you go after your opponent's vulnerability. And your opponent's always going to be the attorney. It's always going to be the bar association. So you got to find out the attorney's Achilles heel and you attack it and you continue to attack it until that attorney looks at you and goes, this guy's dangerous. 
uh, over a hundred fifty dollar part uh, traffic ticket, I could lose my bar license here, and they start to back away from me after a while. Let's point out a thing that just to be very clear, this is not about picking fights. This is no. not not about any of that. This is simply about fending off people infringing on your existence. And a good way to think about it is you're conducting yourself like an adult. If you're really actually an adult. Are you helping or are you asking everyone in the world to come do things for you or help you or provide this, that, or the other thing? No, adults do that for themselves. And by the way, adults do a lot of things for people like children or other people they're responsible for. In a lot of ways, that's what this equates to is taking care of your own self. Um, but Alphonse, we, before we came on the air, we kind of outlined where we we're going to go. I guess I should ask, Jason, do you want to get anything here before we launch? Well, Alphonse, is there uh, any particular success story that you wanted to uh, get into? Yeah, I, I, probably the one I'm most proud of is the guy that came from your show, Ryan. We already did an interview. He's got his name out there. Guess what? He's got a driver's license with no photo. Okay. I know that. I didn't know he had that. Wow. Yeah. He, he actually went in there and said, uh, well, that's an engraven image. He said, I, 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 don't, I, don't, you know, I, don't, I don't let my photo be on any, uh, any, any document. That's a, that's a religious uh, objection. That's an engraven image. He said he took them from the back of the line and brought them all the way up to the front and, and got them out of there because they didn't want the other monkeys to see what he was doing because they were going to follow him, basically. You know, I don't want my photo on there also. So they, they, they rushed him through, he said. They gave him, like, king service. Got him to the front, got his license. So a religious objection was taken that seriously on the spot. And if we can, um, is this in the southern part of the United States? Where is this? He's in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Wow. Yeah, he said it was an engraven image, and he's not, you know, he, he's he's not going to let his photo be taken. And they they rushed him to the front of the line and got him out of there. So let me just ask you a common sense question to set the stage for people listening. To do this, you should actually understand that you truly don't agree with having graven images. That truly, because of your spiritual beliefs, there are aspects of that that you find spiritually objectionable. Am I right here? I mean, just because someone saw someone else do it, this should not be a thing you can do just because you can think you can do it, right? No, I want to tell you about this case that uh, about Ryan. He he walked into every hearing with a Bible in his hand, okay? That's where he comes from. He's got a spiritual center. That he believes that to the core of his being, you know? That's who he is. Well, he did. there's another thing that needs to be pointed out. Um, these things, you know, a lot of people hear the graven image and they think it's just some religious mumbus jumbus. There's actually a true spiritual foundation to these ideas, which he proves. When you walk into an official place and say, sorry, I'm not down with this because of spiritual reasons, and they take it seriously, why, why would they do that if it was just nonsense? Exactly. No, exactly. And it's funny, like I said, he came from your show. And, uh, this was the back in the days when uh, I actually could help a few, like personally help people, a few people like Crow said, I can't do that anymore. I mean, you, you get a good days, couple hundred emails. Okay. That that's like a, a mild day. Okay. So like I, I figured it out it, and I get over well over 200 emails. If I spent five minutes on each email it would be 16 and a half hours a day answering emails. That's your life. I can't do that. So I tell people, don't send me your personal uh, I, I, I listen. I, I know there's a lot of wrongs out there in the world, and, and I, I just can't do one at a time. I, I could reach more people through doing the Telegram group, the website, and then the videos I do on YouTube because I, I reach more people in the interviews that you reach more people. I'd rather help more people than help just a few. So, so please don't send me any more, you know, any more stories. But, but Ryan got me through your site, and he said, uh, 
He said, hey, he said, you know, I heard you on Crow. He said, uh, I need help. And uh, Ryan's story, basically, he was a five-year ex-Marine. And there were riots going on in Milwaukee because evidently there was a cop there that I think in the last two years had shot three people. I think killed a couple of them, too. Uh, so they were rioting in, in Milwaukee. And Ryan was actually part of the group that would go out and clean up after the rioters left. So he, he was in that, that crew, basically. So say after the rioters left, they go out and, and sweep the streets and clean up the streets. So he was out there watching a, uh, the protesters had, had changed direction where they were supposed to go. And, and so on the, at the end of his street on his block, he was standing there in his bathrobe. He was there in his bathrobe and you had home fees going by with the police in there. And he was just standing there doing absolutely nothing. And I know this to be true. And I know you guys know it to be true because you've seen the video. Okay. It blew, blew my, I have never seen an abuse of the color of authority that is so blatant. I mean, he's literally standing there in his bathrobe, minding his own business, and they just hit him like a linebacker. Crow, everyone I showed it to, the first thing out of their mouth is, oh, my God. Yep. Everybody. Oh, my God. And, and I look at that and say, imagine this goes in front of a jury. They're going to say, oh, my God. Yep. So, yeah, he, he was literally standing on side on a sidewalk just watching Humvees come by, and some some cop had a, got a burn injury around about him, and he was going on. Ryan's got like, it looks like a, like a, like a rough mountain like Viking guy with the beard and all. And uh, like Ryan said, I'm a, I'm a Marine. Nobody tells me what to do, where to go, you know? So the, the cop tried to shoo him off the street. And he was actually, he wasn't in the street. He was on the sidewalk, deep in the sidewalk. He wasn't on the edge of the sidewalk. He was far back. So the cop jumps off the, uh, the Humvee and uh, starts, uh, he drops his baton and he starts getting right in Ryan's face. And Ryan's like, what's going on? He tackles him. And next thing you know, there's like four other guys on top of Ryan. And Ryan said they were taking his head and bashing his head in the sidewalk, okay? Because he said, I had to put my hands in front of my head to stop him from hitting the cement. And, uh, and, and all you hear him saying is, don't, what, the, what they say, don't resist. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm resisting. I got five guys giving me a rear end beating, and I'm resisting. Yeah. So they, they lock him up. He writes me, and I, I walk him through the affidavit process, start teaching him, let's do an affidavit of status. Let's do an affidavit of fact. Let's, let's explain what happened with that, uh, that event, you know, what actually happened that event. So we, we, we went down the affidavit route and Ryan basically throughout the entire process, he filed 21 affidavits. Anyone that stuck their nose in the situation, Ryan filed an affidavit against him. And he, he's going to be on our show. I'm sorry to interrupt, but Jason, I am correct, right? We vetted him and we do have him booked. We don't have him booked yet. We're waiting for resolution with the situation before we record it, but we intend. Oh to. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's uh, so, so it, Crow, here's how staunch he is. He goes to the first hearing and they want him to wear a mask. He not, Ryan's not wearing a mask, okay? So uh, uh, gets in a little sparring match with the judge. Says, you know, listen, I'm not going to wear a mask. So here's what they do to you. They throw you out of court, and then they, they give you a non-appearance, okay? <laughs> they file a non-appearance against you. you know? <laughs> Just brutalizing physically and otherwise. Uh, you know, it's anyone who sees this video, and I'm sorry for interrupting out, it's astonishing to see a human being so willing to treat another human being like that. But think about what Alphonse is saying. These are the places, the, the, what do you call them? Agencies. I don't know what the hell to call them anymore that are supposed to be there for the public good. And they direct you to leave. And then they follow you up with some legal nonsense that you've got to deal with it. I mean, this is the whole reason that Alphonse has become who he is. He's helped so many people, but anyhow, I want, I'm trying to paint the picture and I'll shut up Alphonse. No, that's good. Um, and, and the second appearance he goes to, 
they won't let him in the court, the front of the court. And he's got his family with him. And uh, there's another thing they're doing to people. They don't want their family with them. Like they just want the one person to go into the court. That's called a star chamber. Because there's no public there to view what's going on. They could do anything to you in that courtroom. If there's no witnesses, you know, there's no public. There's no gallery. So he snuck in a side door, him and his family. And he actually walks in the courtroom, him and his family. And uh, they, they come charging at him. The, uh, the, I guess the ballast and all, they come charging at him. And, uh, oh, you got to wear a mask. You got to wear a mask. And he's saying, listen, I'm not wearing a mask. I'm not wearing a mask. And, and they hand him a mask. And he takes the mask and he, actually, he blows his nose with it. <laughs> well, they could be good for something, of course. Yeah, you, know, you, you got a use out of it, you know. So uh, he said, I'm, I'm not wearing a mask. And the, the judge sees there's, a, there's some commotion going on. So he pops his head up. To, he said the judge wasn't wearing his mask at the time when he seen the commotion going on. So he quick stuck his mask on and then, you know, uh, started hollering at Ryan. And Ryan said it. Ryan said, I, I seen you with your mask off. He said, you weren't following the rules. He said, you're going to get sick, you know. And so he said, I shouldn't have done that. And he said, but I couldn't help myself. You know, I, I was, he was sort of toying with him. So here's what they did. <laughs> they, they semi-arrested him. Semi-arrested <laughs> semi him? Okay, I'm, I'm all ears. <laughs> you tell me. So they, dragged, they said, you're under arrest. You know, they, they handcuff him. They, they drag him out. They stick him in this room. They said, we're going to fingerprint. He said, I'm not going to give you my fingerprints. That's my property. I'm not, I'm not going to willingly give you my fingerprints. <laughs> so, so he didn't get fingerprinted. <laughs> okay. And we went back to the photo thing. Have to get photos. No, that's an engraving image. You're not taking my photo. <laughs> so, so they held him there for like an hour, over an hour or something. And he said, I think they held me there because the court was getting ready to close and they didn't want me going back into the court. So they held him to the court was closed. So technically he was arrested, I guess, but they didn't take fingerprints and they didn't take a photo. So I don't know. Is that an arrest? Yeah, that's absolutely an arrest. If they impeded, if they restrained him and impeded his movement, that's an arrest. Yeah, I was just mocking him, basically. Yeah. In other words, they, they didn't know what to do with him. I mean, usually you get arrested, you get fingerprinted, they take your photo, you know, and they didn't do any of that for him. So, so they cut him out and he went right back into the courtroom, but the court was gone. Every, the court had closed. So through this process, he filed 21 affidavits. Like I said, anyone got in his way or anyone did something, he filed affidavits against them. So then here's what happened. He, he said, he said, I'm sitting home one day. He said, and the, uh, the prosecutor calls me. He, he's texting him first. First, he starts texting him. Now, how, how inappropriate is this? A prosecutor's texting him at his house. You know, <laughs> Got to talk to him. Okay. So it, it, like continuous text message coming. And Ryan said, his uncle's sitting there with him. He said, he said I, I, I got to get, I got to find out what's going on with this guy. So guy starts calling him. He picks up the phone. And they start having this conversation. And Ryan said, it almost sounded like we had a trial on, on the phone, me, me and the prosecutor, you know. So at first, it was they had, all, they had like four charges against them. And he, he had over $4,000 of fines, okay, because of the, the original fine. And then, then when he got arrested for not wearing the mask, they fined him. So he had like over $4,000 of fines by the time, you know, it was done. So the prosecutor's talking to him and threatening him, blah, 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 blah. And so all of a sudden, the offer comes down. To two thousand dollars, prosecutor was having a fifty percent sale. You know? Oh my word! Fifty percent off, two thousand. You know, and, and we'll be done. So, so Ryan said, "I'm not paying you people nothing." Then the offer dropped to, "It'll go to zero, but I need you to come in here and sign the papers." And Ryan said, "I can't do that because you people want me to wear a mask, and I'm not wearing a mask." And they're chirping at each other. And Ryan said, uh, "Listen," he said, uh, "Listen, I'm going to make you an offer." He said. 
I need you to drop all this, these, these ridiculous charges. He said, and I'll leave you out of the lawsuit. And uh, and because Ryan said, otherwise, I got to start filing bar grievances against you. And the attorney actually said to him, oh, I don't care about bar grievances. He goes, I can bar grievances filed all the time, which is a lie. We'll go over why that's a lie. That's a lie. So the, the, the prosecutor shuns him off, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and the call ends. So two days later, Ryan goes by the court to find out if there's a date because nobody's contacting him about this stuff. You don't know what's going on. Is there a new hearing date? So he walk, he gets in there and the uh, clerk says, you didn't hear? And, and he said, no. She said, uh, they dropped the case. Oh, unbelievable. They so, dropped the case. Well, that, yeah, but you see, <laughs> how can a case be dropped now? He's been basically brutalized on the street and every fine that you're talking about was stacked on to a vicious act that's undefensible to start with it goes on and on oh they dropped it but we didn't he didn't <laughs> he just starting he's going to bring him in federal district court and sue him and he's got that video and that video is lethal and i don't think he's ever going to make it in the federal district court once his paperwork's set up properly and i'll help him with it i don't care who knows i'm helping him i'll help him with his paperwork once that paperwork's set up right and that gets served upon those parties they are not going in the court against him. He's going to get a settlement. Guarantee he's going to get a settlement. So we will, yeah, we will have Ryan on. Um, we, we talked with him. We saw the videos, which will make anyone's jaw drop. And we've opted to wait for some sort of an outcome before we cover it. But uh, you want to get anything in here, Jason? I mean, you were like me when we saw that video. It's like, oh, my word. Oh, yeah, that was absolutely appalling. And I just... I... I don't even know what to say about it. By the way, what are the courts saying to the I'm not wearing a mask thing? Well, I mean, I was supposed to have the, the one hearing and I just I, I just put an objection for unlawful uh, medical intervention. I'm not coming. You can't make me wear a mask to enter an open public court. You don't get to make rules to tell me how I, how I access a court. You're in a legal society. That's not your court. That's the people's court. They own it. They paid for that court, not you. You guys might work in there but that's not your court. You don't get to make the rules for the court. So I don't know who made this rule that I got to wear a mask to be in the court, but I'm not wearing it. So as long as you have your nonsense going on in this court with the mask, I'm not going to be in your court. And I learned some other things about courts and how to stay out of courts. So we'll go over too. interesting stuff about courts uh, where I don't even show up anymore to courts, these courts. I won't go in them. Is there a, a quickie procedure that if someone has to go in to deal with something or they've decided to go in to deal with something, but they don't want to deal with the mask thing? Is there anything we can tell them or is it just more of a... Uh, just tell them it's a, you, have, you have an objection. It's a, it's a, you, know, you consider that a medical intervention and, and you, you have not only religious objection to it, that you deem it uh, dangerous to your health and your well-being. And you are not going to let them compromise your health and your well-being to access an open public court. So, so they better reschedule to another date. And if they try and do these Zoom hearings, don't do these Zoom hearings. Don't do these. They're doing telephone hearings and Zoom hearings now. Listen, if we're an open public court, let, let me ask both of you guys. How do I know the people when I raise a question, the other person on the other, other side, the attorney, how do I know there's not three or four attorneys that are feeding them answers? I don't. If I got somebody in court, I got him up on a stand. I can question him. I, he can't go nowhere. I got him on an island. He's by himself. But if I'm in a Zoom hearing with him, I can't see if he's, there's a chat screen opened up that he's reading, that if I ask the lawyer something he can't answer, somebody gives him the answer, that, that there's star chambers. Well, but there's another aspect. I've seen a number of these submitted to me now where people just get railroaded. They mute your mic so that you can't speak. They boot you. It's just, it's unreasonable. The whole thing is unreasonable. 
and it's another step into imagination, right? Getting people from away from each other and the physical aspects of the reality of our world. And by the way, for the mask thing, that's one of the long before I was worried about my health and wearing a mask, I had an absolute spiritual line I would not cross. To me, that's my spirit. But anyhow, keep going, Alphonse. Funny you mentioned the muting thing because Ryan, the same gentleman we're talking about, his brother has a little altercation. I think he got he got caught with a little herb in his car. Who cares? So they want they were trying to extort a hundred dollars out of his brother. Okay. So the last minute, his brother, I'm talking like last minute, an hour before the, the Zoom hearing, his brother decides he wants to fight it. So Ryan, Ryan's on the ball. Quick types up, you know, the affidavit of status for his brother. They run down, they get it notarized, and they fax it into court 10 minutes before the hearing. So the court's got the affidavit, so they got him on a Zoom hearing. And Ryan knows not to do Zoom hearings, but he said, my brother did it last minute. I had no choice. We had to do it. So he's in the Zoom hearing, and, and he, he, he starts reading his affidavit of status into the record. They mute him a quarter of the way through. <laughs> they just hit the mute button. You know? Unreal. That's got to be a constitutional violation, doesn't it? You think? Yeah. That's like being on the stand and then running up and somebody putting their, their, their hand over your mouth. Right. So you can't walk. You know? It's like gagging. It's exactly like gagging someone. That's another reason you don't do these things, you know? And then the judge is in there and Ryan, Ryan told his brother, here's another little tidbit of advice for people. Anytime they ask you, do you understand? Listen, we're idiots. We just, we just fell off the turnip truck. We don't know nothing. You understand? No, I don't understand at all. <laughs> That's all you say. No, I don't understand. Because Ryan did had his brother do it. The third time he said, do you understand? He goes, no, I don't understand anything. The judge is looking around. He said, he didn't know what to do. Because okay? <laughs> most people say, yeah, I understand. He said, no, I don't understand. So then, so then the judge is pushing him. Ryan sort of jumps in to the, to the Zoom hearing. And the judge says to him, uh, who are you? He said, oh, I'm his assistance of counsel. We're all, we're all entitled to assistance of counsel. You don't have to be an attorney. You don't have to be a lawyer. It could be your brother, your sister, your, your next door neighbor. You can have anybody you want as assistance of counsel. So he says to Ryan, he says, are you an attorney? Ryan says, no. He says, I'm not an attorney. He, he says, well, in this state, you need to be an attorney to speak. And Ryan said, I'm sorry. He goes, the rules of civil procedure don't apply to me. Ooh, judge didn't like that because Ryan's right. And Ryan knew the game. Because he's a living man, right? That's what you're pointing out. Yeah. In other words, what these attorneys have done, the bar members, is they've usurped your constitutionally, your unalienable constitutionally protected rights through something called the rules of civil procedure, which are written by the legal society. These are rules on how courts work. Well, guess what? A private legal association called the bar doesn't get the right rules for me, Crow, and Jason. They don't. That's like, like you said, it's like government by Taco Bell, Crow. That's like Taco Bell submitting, submitting rules to the court on how you and I and Jason can access open public court. No different, whether it's Taco Bell, whether it's the legal society. They don't have any special uh, in to the courts just because they claim they practice law. doesn't matter. It's a private association. The bar is a private association, just like Taco Bell is a private company. So the bar doesn't get to, to put these rules in place. But this is how these courts are operating. This is where these mask mandates are coming from. These are all done under the rules of civil procedure. Everything's being filtered under the rules of civil procedure. And what, what does bar mean again? This is a British organization, isn't it? I'm pretty sure it means British Accreditation Registry. Interesting. It came from England. You know, the whole thing came from England. And, and guess what? Technically, they're, they're foreign agents. It states right in the Constitution that we have no titles. We have no nobility in this country. We don't have esquires. 
We don't have, you know, we don't have, we don't have these titles. Well, if you're a, a, all these attorneys have Esquire next to their name, they're proud to put that next to their name. Well, which we should point out, if you look up the word Esquire, you will find out that it's one step below a knighted person or a knight. That's what Esquire is. And that is a title of royalty. That is a title of royalty. How can it be seen any other way but a title of royalty, right? So if, if that guy's got a title of royalty and he's out there advertising it, gee, you know what? He must be a foreign agent. And most of these attorneys are foreign agents. And they, they're supposed to have supposed to be registered uh, as a foreign agent. So that's another thing with these bar attorneys. Well, is there a procedure to registering when you pass your bar test and all that? Like, is there a procedure that we could possibly look at the paperwork of and tear it apart? That I don't know. I, the only way you could probably touch into that would be, remember, these should be public records. So all every state's got like a FOIA request, freedom of information request or a record request. You could actually state, I'm going to need Mr. So-and-so's uh, turnover his, uh, his foreign registration. And if they write back, you don't have one, okay, then he's not foreign, foreignly registered. If he's foreignly registered, foreign registration, he's got to turn it over to public record. He's got to give it to you. You know, as far as the Zoom meeting thing, isn't it contempt of court and or a mistrial if the judge just willy-nilly takes it upon himself to push the mute button on you? Well, here's a problem with this, Jason. Yeah, it's a violation of due process. In a real proceeding, you can only appeal what you object to, Okay. So what they'll, what they'll do is they'll mute you for two minutes and the judge and the prosecutor have a conversation. Well, are you going to keep track of the whole two minutes of that conversation? Because in a real hearing, you could say objection. Like as something comes up, objection. So during that two-minute hearing, you might have 12 objections. So what are you going to say? Oh, wait a minute, judge. You muted me for two minutes. Let me see. I can't write a transcript. Listen, I'm not a transcriber. I, I can't write two minutes of the last conversation down. So you're going to miss all kinds of things that were said between the prosecutor and the judge. How the heck can you object to something that you're, you're muted on? Right there is a violation of due process and their rules. Yeah, I mean, it, it, they're kangaroo courts. This thing is turned into, it's, it's a joke. They're, they're having phone hearings and, and Zoom hearings. I, I would never participate in them. You know, it, it almost seems like this whole expedited thing where they're pushing. Like right now, uh, my mother just got her Time magazine that's touting as it shows the world under a match head on fire, how the whole pandemic is going to be good for the environment. I think this is going to blow up in their faces because on the face of it, Alphonse, how can you ever imagine any of this being defensible? Even if such a small part of the population turns into Orion and decides to be an adult and stand up for their God-given rights and the divine spark and free will they were granted when they came to exist, how can this possibly ever stand up to scrutiny of any, any size? It can't be, Crow. And, and since our last conversation, I actually had an uh, eight-hour conversation with Steve Emerson, the gentleman I told, told you about before. Remember, Steve? He got over $40 million in, in settlements. Ah, yes. Yes. Okay. He not long ago got a $2.2 million settlement in Pennsylvania for property tax fraud for somebody. On top of the $38.2 million one he got in Florida. Oh, and that 38.2 he got in Florida, not only did that guy get his house back in the 38, the guy gave Steve the 8.2 million and kept the 30 million, but Steve got him free utilities for life because they didn't want anyone else on that property. No one's allowed on that property after that, what they did. So he got free utilities too for life. So it's not defensible. And this whole mass mandate stuff, Crow? Yeah. When this was going on, Florida was one of the first states that relaxed their, uh, 
their mandate for masks. And there's a reason for that. Because Steve was there and a couple other guys were there. And I think Steve was 30 for 30 in lawsuits for discrimination and for simulation of legal process by kicking people out of stores for not wearing masks. And he was, he was banging them for about $30,000 a pop. Okay. So finally, the insurance company said, hey, knock it off. You kick anyone else out of the store, we're not paying the lawsuit. So lo and behold, when you would walk into a store in Florida, even though they have the, the, mask, the, the, uh, the signs up, nobody would say peep to you about not wearing a mask. Let's address that real quick. Jason, who was it? We're just talking with someone that went back to the early 1900s supposed influenza. And this is probably what Rudolf Steiner was writing about. But they, they demonstrated that the mask wearing at that time created so many respiratory infections and other things. Do you recall, Jason? Was that Dr. Bender? That might have been, but yes, that's absolutely what whomever it was was talking about, was that it's just creating these respiratory infections because you're constantly breathing in your, uh, your exhaust, exhaust fumes. fumes. Everything that you're breathing out is collecting in there, for the most part, and you're breathing it back in. I'm pretty sure it was Dr. Binder. There's actually a little bit more that Jason and I are aware of that we'll probably be covering. Everyone's aware of all these videos going around with these weird fibers black fibers inside the mask that seem to move when they're breathed on or when a finger comes near it. Um, now, and I'm, I'm not saying I know this to be true. I'm just saying people are challenging it because it seems wrong on the face of it. Uh, we're starting to hear rumors that those are some kind of worm or something bizarre. Oh, funny you said that. I know someone, I know, I know two people that have had their, their, uh, their, I hate to say children anymore. See, we can't even talk normal anymore. We got to say offspring. Uh, had their offsprings uh, mass tested, and they had worms. What kind? I, that I don't know. They 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 posted it on uh, Telegram. I, I know the woman. I can contact her. But I think they, she actually took them and got them tested, and, and it's a form of a worm. Here's the, the – I, I don't I, – I mean, I know something's not right here, and we're probably going to end up digging into it, but we just covered mushrooms. One thing you can know about mushrooms is there's almost like a symbiosis of the use of your mind with certain kinds of mushroom, apparently. And again, I haven't been able to vet this out, so take it with a pinch of salt or if you have time. Apparently, it's either a hookworm or a flatworm can apparently commandeer your mind at some level. This is something that I've just read, but this is the problem, Alphonse. So what if it is true that there's these bizarre creatures in the masks. How did they get there? So what does a human being do in the modern era when there's all this corporate policy trying to force you to use these seemingly unsafe devices, and yet we're to a point where the damn court wants to turn you into a Skype chat? Yeah, I mean, uh, the Title 42-1983 suit, that's what Steve uses in federal district court. Anybody who wants to do that, they're going to have to do a little bit of study. Here's the problem with going after that when you do that. You're just not going to pick this up in a weekend when you do this. But they, they have, and I hate to call them this, but that's what they're called online on the federal district court websites. They're pro se manuals. And I hate that term, and I'll tell you why. But they're pro se manuals. But they tell you from start to finish how to, how to file a Title 42 1983 suit. But uh, that's your quickest way to get remedy against these, uh, whoever is making you do anything to wear a mask. Uh, you take them in there and you bang it for discrimination, and it's a simulation of legal process. And it's actually practicing medicine without a license. Because if I'm going into a store, I got the, the whoever, the store manager determining that, number one, he's got jurisdiction to make me wear a mask. 
that these, this mandate, this mass mandate applies to me and that he has authority to, to impose this mandate upon me. And then he's making medical decisions because, you know, listen, uh, this is, and I actually heard attorneys say, well, it's no different than no, no shoes, no shirt. Well, you know what? I, I don't breathe out of my nipples and I don't breathe out of my toes. I breathe out of my mouth. And when you want to cover my mouth up, we got a problem here because now I can't breathe properly and I'm breathing in my own carbon dioxide, which I deem for myself. I don't need a doctor to tell me anything. To me, it, it's compromising my health. And it's, to me, it's a, it's a risk to my health. It's dangerous to do that. So now you've got these people, I don't care whether it's a school or a store manager, that are simulation, it's a simulation of legal process. They're making claims that they can intervene medically upon you and make you do things. And that's part of what the affidavits and stuff we do is we, we nip that in the bud by, uh, by basically uh, getting in their face with the affidavit without having to go into court. Because I think courts scare people. If you're not used to being in court or, you know, it's very intimidating for somebody to go into federal district court to try and move a, a case against somebody for a, a mass violation. What's even more disturbing, Alphonse, is in most cases, the state governor started this. And he based what he started as if he had the authority, which he does not, to direct people to do any medical thing. He's basing it on the CDC. That's so often where they point to. Last I checked, the CDC is a corporation. They're not a legislative body of any kind. So I'll come back around to what I've mentioned before. It almost feels to me like every state government has been set up to fail to open the door for Taco Bell. I mean, what do you think? How, how can any governor ever deny that he played a role in this? I'm glad you mentioned that. I got in my telegram group, that's why the telegram group's so good. I got a guy named Brett Fountain who does a radio show with Randy Kelton. And Randy Kelton, you've heard that, you know, remember Texas dropped their mask mandate and 20 other states followed? Yep. There's a story behind that. In other words, uh, Abbott, the governor, the governor didn't wake up one day and say, I think I'm going to be a good guy and follow the law today. <laughs> Here's what happened. The district attorney in, in where Randy Kelton's at, he lost his election. And uh, the district attorney is who you file your criminal complaints with. So Randy Kelton put together like a 150-page criminal complaint against Governor Abbott, okay? Just like you were talking about. What they're doing is not legal. Big 150-page criminal complaint. He files it with the district attorney who lost their office. Now, we got a Democrat district attorney who just lost his office. We got a Republican governor in there. The Democrat district attorney, that's, I don't get into politics. This is the only way I use politics. If you got something against the Republican, file it with the Democrat. If you got something against the Democrat, file it with the Republican. So Randy filed with the district attorney that lost his office, the Democrat. And as a little gift to the governor on his way out, he turned the complaint over to the grand jury. Wow. So now not only is Abbott before the grand jury, there's also a high-ranking United States official that's before the, the Texas grand jury right now. And that was done through Brett. Brett Fountain's com uh, complaint, Brett hit that part. So they got the governor before the grand jury and they got a high-ranking United States official before the grand jury. For damages, will damages be part of this? I'm certain they will. And lo and behold, as soon as that hit the grand jury, Abbott dropped the mass mandate and lo and behold, 20 governors followed them. They didn't do that out of the goodness of their heart. They did it because Abbott told them, this guy's got uh, charges before the grand jury. I can get indicted here. So the other governors went, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm going to drop the mass mandates. I didn't know we could get indicted. <laughs> you know? Two things here, Alphonse. It goes to show how few of us are actually doing what we should be doing. 
because that's only a few states. But the governor of the state of Rhode Island, I think, I don't watch the news daily, but last I heard had just said, oh, we're easing all these restrictions. We have no authority to to put on you, but the masks stay on. So this is, it's bizarre what's going on in our world. No, you're right, Crow. And, and he, listen, Randy's a good guy. He, he put he put his uh, his pleading, his 150-page uh, document up on, online for anybody to download. So anybody in any state that still had this mask mandate, they could have downloaded it. They would have to do some work and translate the Texas stuff over to their state. But he had it all outlined there for you. you know. And, and guess what? I don't think anyone really did that. Is this available from your website? Could someone get access if they were so inclined? Yeah, I'll get it. Before, after we do the show, before, before it runs, uh, uh, it's up or I'll download it. I'll put it up on my site because it's out there for the public. And uh, Brett's got copies of it, so I'll get a copy from Brett. All right. Just for everyone listening, uh, Alphonse was describing what happened in the state of Texas. It precipitated 20 states reducing the ridiculous illegal mask mandate. And Jason lost internet. In the entirety of the history of Jason and I working together for years, there has been twice when his internet has gone out and both time it's been 60 mile an hour winds. So whether or not there's a correlation there, uh, you put it together in your mind. I don't know, but it sure seems funny. So let's get back, Alphonse. Listen, what I was trying to stress is, listen, you got Steve down there in Florida banging the heck out of him with property taxes and mass, uh, the mass mandates and making them pay big money. And you got uh, Randy Kelton over there getting governors uh, on the verge of being indicted. You know, they're going to, that could go to jail. That's two men. So you don't need this. People think you have to have this massive movement. Listen, just a few good men could actually move this thing. If we could get more people on board, you know, uh, great things could happen because, it, it, listen, they're very vulnerable. Uh, when you see where, they're, where, where their liabilities are and how to expose their liabilities, you got a lot more power than you think you do. It was just hidden from you and no one's taught you how to expose that their, their vulnerabilities. And I have to wonder what you and I just talked about. So I was aware that the United States Postal Service tracking went down for most people over three weeks ago, I think, uh, when I did searches at the time, because I couldn't track things. I found thousands of business owners that not only could not track what they'd sent, but they weren't getting delivered. The reason that I looked into this, it's been almost a month and still has not been delivered to me. Meanwhile, in the middle of this postal breakdown, There was the big violent episode who reported at FedEx. I'm beginning to wonder if they're getting so desperate that they're trying to stop correspondence. And the reason I bring this up is I just said to Alphonse, anyone engaged in trying to stand up as a man or a woman, it might behoove them, I can't bold and underscore that word enough, to deliver things by hand. Alphonse was just telling me, you you want to reiterate that, what you just told me? Yeah, I... There's a, there's a judge in media that I, I knocked this, this traffic ticket thing out and it just went away for five months. And, and this petty fogger shyster judge decided he was going to move this case against me. The judge is moving it, not the prosecutor. The judge decided he was going to move the case against me. Wow. You want to talk about criminal. Okay. So that got him a mail fraud complaint, got a, ju- a judicial complaint. I made a hundred thousand dollar notice of claim against him. And I dropped a couple affidavits on his head, telling him who I was and, and why his document was fraud. On the one document he sent me, he had 25 elements of fraud. And I marked every one of them. I said, this is fraud, that's fraud, that's fraud. I told him why. Well, get this. I send us two certified letters off the same day. The, the post office is three miles away from the court. 
The one has to go all the way to Harrisburg, PA, which is like hundreds of miles, a couple hundred miles. It went all the way to Harrisburg, the, the uh, judicial complaint. They took it. They gave me a response, a standard response. Mr. Fadjol, we got your complaint. We'll, we'll review it. They put it in a regular envelope and sent it back to me, and I got it back. Now, the one I sent to the judge, the original one, day 17, I'm going, this is getting ridiculous. She's, they're three miles away. So I put a postal complaint in. Day 18, I get a letter from the postal manager saying, hey, it's the COVID thing. Everything's delayed. Wait a minute, dude. I just had one go to Harrisburg and come back to me with regular mail. What are you talking about? So I get that standard response. Day 19, it gets delivered to him. Now, that's, nine, that's count 19 days after February 24th. Now, at that delivery day, they get the green card. They have the person sign the green card. When Natter, Natter, they're not even doing that now. Natter marking them COVID-19. They're signing stuff COVID-19, which is ridiculous. You pay for a signature with certified mail. And the only way you can get the signature is you've actually got to go to the post office and get the printout from the computer, the postal service's computer, because they sign the handheld. And a lot of times they're taking the green cards and they're signing them COVID-19. So when you go back to the post office, tell them, tell them to refund your money because you paid for a signature on that green card. You don't have a signature on that green card. And, and this is what they're doing. So, so now... That green card should have came back to me. Listen, the post office is literally a mile and a half, two miles from me. I should have got that green card three days, four days at the tops after it was delivered. We're going up on two months now on the 24th, and I don't have the green card back. So maybe it's a combination with Crow's talking about that, that things are just a total chaos with the post office right now. If my intuition is serving me right, I would estimate that this is another stop loss policy because it's pretty clear that when a few people have had enough, they can make a big difference to break the mail chains. And again, we've seen the news violence at one of the big private FedEx places. Um, I know firsthand, and so do tons of people, what USPS is doing, and they're blaming it on COVID. And basically what's happening with some packages, they're just being put in vaults if they're insured and stuff. If I'm right, then there's probably another big shoe about to drop if they've gotten that desperate that they've got to interrupt the mail because too many people are using the mail to do the right thing. You know, they got the courts jammed up. Now they got the mail jammed up. Right. It's almost like they're breaking down communications. You, know? you write the magic word COVID and uh, there are no rules anymore. It's ridiculous. Yeah. By the way, the USPS is not a government body. It is a private corporation. Yeah. So you got to wonder if there's some shenanigans going on there that could be uh, dealt with. Well, as we have covered, it used to be that the Postmaster General was in line for the presidency. I forget. We covered when that was all changed, but you can see the pieces moving. We're at a key point. If enough people do the right thing, and I say it's right because the very system that is violating everyone's rights has no choice but to react and recognize that you're doing the right thing. What if a couple thousand people in this country did this? It would be a different day. Wouldn't it? Everything would change. That's why I said it's not that many. You really need to stuff. People think there's got to be this big movement. We got to get this much, this much percentage of the people. No, look, look at the chaos them two guys are causing. Uh, Randy and uh, Steve in, in Florida. Look at the chaos just those two guys created. Imagine you had a thousand of those guys, Crow, following this stuff. I wish you could bring the system down. To me, it's not even. It's just about back off. I'm a living man. Don't come picking trouble with me. I just want to live my life. That's the whole thing. So let's, as we get to the top of the first hour here, Alphonse, let's make it perfectly clear. Alphonse's website is I am has sent me to you.com. 
there is a huge growing community there. They all help each other. They all share their documents. I've had endless emails of people who have been helped saying, not only did they provide the document, they helped me write it. They directed me to a person in my state that's already done these things in my state or my country. And on top of it, uh, if you're interested in letting your governor know you don't appreciate the illegal mandates or directives or whatever they want to call them, those documents could be made available. Did I drop anything there? No, no, and let's uh, let's do a couple quick ones. Uh, one of your friends, uh, I mean, the, 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 this girl's great. Jess on the brink. She was on your show, right? Nurse Jess. Yep. I'm in communication with her a lot, and, and so Jess contacts me. Uh, they want her to pay because she she doesn't have health insurance. That's her decision. She doesn't want that. She doesn't believe in that, and they wanted to penalize her. She said it would cost her about eighteen hundred dollars. So she gets a letter from the New Jersey Tax Bureau. Your taxpayer at the top. Your taxpayer, okay, in, 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 the, in the document, you didn't do this, you didn't do that, all these threats, and they're trying to force her into a contract. Well, you know you can't force people into contracts. Bro, I can't make you buy something. Jason, I can't make you buy something. Well, like Steve told me, if I can't do it to you, you can't do it to me. So they can't force you to buy anything, insurance, health insurance, whatever. So we took that document, and, and we did one of these Barney Rubble uh, uh, documents, you know, she did her affidavit of status, telling them who she was, and we took their document apart and basically stated, hey, I don't know no taxpayer. You know, my name's Jessica, blah, 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 you know, and she said, that's my name. She said, oh, by the way, your document, you got all kinds of threats in here. Geez, I- I'm pretty sure it's illegal to force somebody into a contract. This is illegal. That's illegal. Oh, by the way, it's signed New Jersey Tax Bureau. Is that Mr. and Mrs. New Jersey Tax Bureau? Because that's not a signature on a document. Okay, I don't know who that is, the New Jersey Tax Bureau. So, hey, you know what? Jesus really looks like extortion and mail fraud to me. I'm going to have to report this as mail fraud. So she did a mail fraud complaint with the United States Postal Service. I told her, make a copy of it, send it back with her affidavits. She did that. Five days later, she got a, I think it's called a 1095 form (laughs) for a, a union that she was a member of 10 years ago that she never had health insurance through. But I, I said, I don't understand. What, the, what is the 1095 form for? She said, sort of that's to get out of jail free card. I don't have to pay the insurance. I don't have to pay the penalty because they're, they're, that's, their, that's their gift to me, the little 1095 form. You lost me. What? How is the 1095 a gift? Because something in the 1095 form basically stated that she's either exempt or it, it, it made her exempt from having to pay the insurance. So they couldn't penalize her for the insurance. So it saved her 1,800 hours. But it doesn't undo the fraud and threats that were made. No, no, not at all. Not at all. No, no. And that's the problem with a lot of this stuff is, listen, we're very successful knocking people out. We, we knocked a ton of things out, a ton, ton of cases out. But to me, that's like catching a burglar, breaking in your house. And I'm going, oh, you got me. Leave me go. <laughs> you know? That's what this is. So to me, that's where we're taking it to the next level where, like with Ryan, we want to try and go get remedies now. You know, with that video, Ryan's going to get remedy. It's just a matter of how much remedy Ryan's going to get. A lot. (laughs) Anyone who sees that video, I can't imagine that showing up in any court without every jaw just dropping to the ground. And I'm hoping they see it that way, too, because I I really would rather see him get a settlement instead of having to go to court, you know. But yeah, and, and there's another process we're working on, and I can't release any names, but there's a gentleman I talked to in California years back. He got a... $7 $7 million settlement against one of the banks. And he used something called the notarial process. It used a notary, basically. But the notaries won't do it because they're afraid. Because it 
acts like a judgment. It's basically three presentments. And after the third presentment, it turns into a judgment. So the notaries won't do it, but they've got their own notary. They've got somebody trained and they've got two more uh, people that are getting notary licenses to be trained as notaries. Notary Republic, right? Yeah, Notary Republic. So I said, man, you get them up and running. They're going to be have work 24-7 <laughs> from my group, other groups. They're going to be sending stuff to them left and right. So that's one way. He, he, Like I said, he got a $7 million lien against them. And I, I have to talk to him more. He said he actually prefers having the lien instead of having the actual settlement. Why he said that, I don't know. I don't know the details. But he said he actually prefers the lien. That's another thing we have that's in the works. And I know from Steve, talking to Steve, that if you put the work into it, listen, you got to read the booklet. You got to learn about the basic rules, you know, about rules of evidence and stuff. And if you could write your paperwork properly, you have the federal district court under Title 42, Section 1983 available to you. Because basically what that is, is that's a, that's some depriving you of rights under the color of law. All this stuff, Crow and Jason, this is color of law. All of it. This is all color of law. All of it. Mass mandates. That's not a law. It's the color of law, you know? Well, it's, it's gotten so bad that, you know, how many videos have we seen of the police where the person is pointing out, this is a business of public accommodation. The police don't know anything about it. All they know is that the CDC said you got to wear a mask and it just blows my damn mind. These people don't stop for a second and say, is the CDC a legislative body? Does a governor have the power to make dick? It's just, this has gone so far south, it, it just can't sustain itself. I'm glad you brought that up. Let's help a couple people right now. Because here's what's going on. When you get kicked in, like if you don't want to leave a store, what do they do? They, they trespass you, right? right? They give you a trespass citation, yeah. right? That's, that's their in thing now. Everyone gets this trespass citation. Let's break this down real quick. The only one that can trespass you from a property, here's the elements of trespass, is the owner. Not the store manager, not anybody else in that store. Only the owner can trespass you, element one. Element two, you got to enter the property illegally. Did you walk into a public accommodation to shop for food? Did you do anything illegal? No. <laughs> you being in the store, walking around, shop for food, is that illegal? No. Nope. That's third element. So there's no element, right? There's no three elements there for trespass. Now let's think what's happening. When the cops come and they write you the citation for trespass, it's not the owner trespassing you, if you notice. That is the store owner, whoever the store is, Target, whoever, they don't trespass you. It's the cop that does it on behalf of the municipality. That's what the citation's written in the form of. Well, let's look at the basics of this. Crow, if I seen Jason do something to you and you don't want to press charges against Jason, I can't sue Jason. I don't have standing. You got to enforce your rights and sue Jason. Not me. I can't do it. Right. Isn't that what the cop's doing when he shows up and he is going to trespass you? That was the business owner would have to file the trespass against you, not the cop. He can't enforce rights for somebody else. So that's the number one flaw. And he can't enforce rights for a corporate fiction. He can't. How did you damage the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania because the store owner wanted you kicked out? There's no cause of action there. There's, there's no trespass. There can't be. Only the owner could trespass you. And then the owner never trespasses you. It's always the cop writing for the municipality. So that's how you attack a, a, a trespass citation. You take the elements apart uh, and, and you state, only the owner can trespass me. I didn't enter the property illegally. I wasn't doing an illegal action within the property. So this citation is fraudulent. It's fraud. What you did to me is fraud. Not only is it fraud, it's, mal it's securities fraud. And if they send you anything through the mail, it's mal fraud. 
because now they're just making fines up on the spot without any court hearings. They're just, that cop, they're just pulling figures out of the air and, and putting them on that citation. And they're going to securitize that citation. That little $150 citation you see with the way they securitize things, that's worth at least 10 times its value when that goes in that court. So it's not just about a $150 citation. The way they securitize these notes and all, they, they just, you know, it's all funny money what they're doing with this stuff. So that $150 citation is worth a hell of a lot more than you think it is. But this is what they're doing. That's how you stay away from the citation game, basically, that they're playing. Everything has gone so far south. I was in law enforcement when I was younger. And when the police that I witnessed endless times were going to make an arrest, they had to get the person who witnessed it and get them to identify. And they're actually doing the act that the police are enforcing. But we've slipped so far from these ideas where, well, who saw this? Who was directly involved in any of this? Who's the witness? This is the whole basis for everything. Like this thing came in the mail for me, threatening me. And it's not even from a living man or woman. It's from some corporate. It's this whole thing has slipped into such a fictitious vein that any number of people challenging it, I just don't understand how any of this stands. And this is truly why I suspect that in the planning of all this, was the failure of government of state governments at the state level. I truly suspect that it's designed for in the long run, they all fail. And then I guess the idea would be Taco Bell isn't just in charge of Chalupas. It's in charge of you or something like that. No, it is government by Taco Bell. You're right. That's what you're seeing here. Uh, it's funny. I just had Jason fix a recording for me. Uh, two guys in Northern Ireland. I did, real quick, I got to tell you about this one. This is about a seatbelt citation the guy had. He was in a parking lot, basically, <laughs> and it was a seat. They gave him a seatbelt citation. I, I think Jason might know the answer. Crow, how many hearings do you think they've had on this seatbelt citation so far? Take, take a guess. I'm in on it, too. I've heard the recording. Oh, you know? Yeah. Okay. They're on number 40. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, how? How do you have 40 hearings on a seatbelt citation? But, you know, so this guy contacts me. After hearing 37 for this guy, somebody knew somebody in over in Northern Ireland that knew a little bit about law stuff. So he started helping this guy out. And the guy contacted me and I said, well, why don't you throw somebody like these questions at him? So they're getting ready to start the trial, hearing 40, they're getting ready to start the trial. And the guy says, can I talk to the prosecutor real quick? And the judge says, okay. So he goes off in a little small room there and they have a conversation. And he asks her, uh, do you ever have any proof of your agency? In other words, who... They're agents, attorneys. There's got to be a principal that hired them. Who hired you, basically, is what he's asking. You have evidence of your agency. And she said, oh, oh, oh the, the, the crown. Well, who's that? Is that Mr. and Mrs. Crown that hired you? Who hired you? Why are you here? In other words, had to be a man or woman that hired you, told you to come here. Then she started trying to play dumb, or maybe she was just dumb. I don't know. But she said, well, I don't have an agency. I work for myself. Whoa. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. There's your agency. <laughs> You don't know what agency is? <laughs> You're an attorney? So so he got her on that. Then he asked her about uh, what's the probable cause for, for this uh, this uh, hearing here. And she said, well, the probable cause is that, that you were arrested. No, the probable cause is what caused the arrest. You getting arrested is not probable cause. So there's got to be a, an action that caused the probable cause that caused the arrest. So she couldn't answer that. Uh, he asked her the other killer question. Uh, what standing do you have in this matter? And all standing means is you had a right violated or you were harmed or damaged. So he was saying to her, what are you doing here involved in this matter? I didn't do anything to you. 
And she said, well, uh, me, me being here is standing. No, that's not standing. Okay. These are attorneys now. And then he asked her to kill her question. I'm going to need to see a copy of your bond, your indemnity bond. And she said, I don't have to show you nothing. He said, you know, you're liable for this. I'm not liable. So Anthony went down that road with her. That ends. They go back in before the judge. And he says, uh, after the judge gets done talking, she's getting ready to start the trial. She's giving him all the instructions. As soon as she gets done talking, the prosecutor basically says, I don't feel comfortable prosecuting this anymore. I feel threatened. <laughs> and that was it. She took herself off the case because they knew her Achilles heel. And not only that, if you listen to the recording, the court and the prosecutor act as if they are superior in the whole situation while they fold their tent in front of your face, still acting like they have some moral superiority when, I mean, a person who didn't understand what they were listening to wouldn't quite understand why it ended so quick, I think. Yeah, let me give you my favorite line from the judge, bro, and I think you'll probably love this one too. Remember when they, they come back to the judge and he's telling the judge, hey, she, she can't give me evidence of her agency and she won't show me her insurance. And, and the judge said, memory, she says, there's no need for that because <laughs> this court is very properly constituted. <laughs> what the heck does that mean? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> is it, is it like constitution have to do like bowel movements or something? What do you mean? It's very properly constituted. What is that? Maybe they use Gorilla Glue and it was just really stuck together really well. <laughs> But I went, when you see that, you hear that, you should be encouraged because you, you look at that and you go, oh, my God, these people have no idea. No, not that they have no idea what they're doing. They can't support anything they're doing. OK, I don't think that attorney, I think it dawned on her that she could be in a terrible position, but I don't think she totally understood what everything I think she was working it out in her mind and got to the point where she said, I don't think I want to be here. Yeah, I mean, let's listen. She might have been she might have been a young attorney, like a first year attorney, because my understanding of how the bar grievances work is if you're a first year attorney and you get one bar grievance, you're going to lose your insurance probably. Okay. If you're an established attorney and you get two bar grievances, you could lose your insurance. And if you get three bar grievances in one year, you're going to lose your insurance. So she may have been, they might have thrown her in that traffic case thing and she might have been a young attorney, first year attorney, and this guy's talking about insurance and she went, Oh, no, 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 no. I, I'm getting away from this thing. You know, I, I want nothing to do with this. She bowed. Well, let's talk about the other aspect of it. These people are used to having godlike status. People don't challenge them on their authority. No, and that's what it is. It, it, that's the first time she's probably ever heard that, question-wise, from anybody. Good. She'll think twice before she's beaten up on somebody on their 40th freaking appearance for a seatbelt. I mean, who? what kind of a human being, what kind of a judge is okay with that kind of waste of someone's lifetime. You know, this is how far we've come. 40 appearances for a seatbelt. It's just, yeah. it beggars the imagination. So let me wrap up our one, guys. We're going to come back. I want to make this perfectly clear again. Alphonse's website is I am has sent me to you.com. There is a growing community there. Everyone is helping everyone. The documents have been used and vetted and reshaped. But don't get involved in this unless you're prepared to act like an adult. You're not just taking a piece of paper and putting it somewhere. It requires that you understand why you are doing it, how you are doing it, and that you have the standing to demand your own rights. Because if you don't, then you're still just a child. And if you're going to listen to some piece of mail push you around, you're probably not ready yet. 
my main point here is no one should ever use any of this because they're upset and they want to draw blood or make someone feel bad. That's not the purpose here. The purpose here is to stand up for your God-given rights. That is the purpose. Unfortunately, we're all kind of in a system right now where your God-given rights are so far in the back of the bus. It's going to take us a little while to work our way back, but Alphonse Fagiolo is living proof that that can happen. What if it's true that a single filing against a single governor freed 20 states from breathing their own exhaust fumes? And if it is true, how the hell is it that any states are still left demanding that people breathe their exhaust fumes? But there it is. I'm going to bring episode. You know what, Jason, I really want to push this forward. I'll just say it. This brings our one of episode 312 to a close. Join us at crow777radio.com, C-R-R-O-W-777radio.com for hour two, where we're going to go full throttle as we always do. I'd like to wish you all a happy, healthy, and higher-minded new era and hope to see you over for hour two. There it is, man. Cheers.
is the enemy of knowing. <laughs>